Welcome on into the Jazz Talk Podcast. I'm your host, CJ Dieters. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the the Jazz getting back on track, how the Jazz are winning games without Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley right now, and will Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell be ready for the playoffs? So first off, uh, last night the Jazz beat the, the Spurs, and it really was never a competitive game. Like, towards the last few minutes, you know, the the bench warmers got in for a little bit. Um, you know, the Jazz were, were dominant, and it started on the, off, the defensive end. Um, Rudy was just a killer out there. Um, but then the other guys stepped up as well um you know uh both Royce O'Neal and Boyan Bogdanovich did a really good job on DeMar DeRozan last night um Derek Favors did a great job going up with against Drew Eubanks um with the bench unit um overall it was just a it was a solid defensive um performance for the Jazz and then with both Mike and Donovan being out, uh, Bogdanovich has taken over the, being the, the uh, number one scorer for the team. Um, even though throughout most of the season he's been the third, sometimes the fourth option in games. Um, and it, it's nice to see the things that he's adding um, over these last few games. You know, he's been really driving to the hoop well and using his body and his frame to create space for himself, um, using the mid-range, you, you know, getting to the basket, dunking, um, using his post-up game, because we, we know he can hit threes. We know he can create space and hit shots from deep. But when we get into the playoffs, that ability to hit in the mid-range and hit around the basket is extremely important. Um, and I think it'll fit in nicely once Donovan and, and Mike are back in the game to every now and then be able to just go to, to bogey, you know, let Donovan and Mike basically take a rest on that offensive possession and just let Bogdanovich handle the reins on a possession or two. Um, or if you get into a late game situation, and, you know, the other team has completely taken away the rim and completely taken away the three-point shot. The ability of both, of uh, you know, Conley, Mitchell, Bogdanovich, and Clarkson all in the mid-range is going to be huge for the Jazz. Um, you know, the, also with Mike and Donovan being out, the Jazz have seen huge... Um, Uh, how I want to say is they've gotten big uh, contributions from both uh, George Niang and then um, you know Mie Oni, which is kind of to be expected. You know they those guys have been part of the rotation throughout the year, but also um, Trent Forrest, who is, who was undrafted this year, he's a rookie this season went undrafted, the Jazz brought him in on a two-way contract, um, 
he stepped up and handled the backup point guard minutes in some games um, since Donovan and, and Mike have gone out. And he's been solid. You know, he's not putting up amazing stats, but he plays really hard-nosed defense. And then on the offensive end, you know, he helped, you know, keeps the ball moving, finds guys in the corner. He can do a lot of the drive and kick things that, that Mike and Donovan do. Um, I think there's a really good chance that after this season, Trent Forrest gets brought up to the main roster for the Jazz and put on to like a Sam Hinkie uh, special type contract with one year guaranteed and two year team options after that point. But um, just really cool to see a guy that, again, went undrafted um, get an opportunity like this. Um, but the, you know, the biggest reason that the Jazz are winning these games is the just absolute freakish defense of Rudy Gobert. And the big, one of the biggest reasons that they dominated last night against the, the Spurs is what I was talking about in the last Jazz Talk podcast, which was feeding the bigs. They forced the ball into Rudy. He got into good position as he usually does, and they got the ball to him this time. They didn't, you know, just let him sit there with his arms wide up or, you know, straight up in the air and put up a bad shot. They got him the ball, and he went off. He put up 24 points, played great defense on the other end. I think not in every game, but I think there's going to be a few games here and there, especially in the playoffs, where you're going to need Rudy to score 24, 26 points to to get the win. You know, the three-point shot's not always going to go down, and they're going to they're going to scheme for uh, Mitchell when it comes into the playoffs, and you know, a lot of teams double-team Rudy as he's coming off the pick and roll, and it just becomes impossible for him to get the ball and to score a lot. But there are games where <clears throat> he's going one-on-one against another team center, or they switch the guard onto him, and he's gotten good enough on the offensive end, and he's got great balance. He's got a nice touch around the basket to where they've got to keep feeding the bigs, like I, I was talking about in that last episode. Um, so it's been nice nice to see, or at least it was nice to see last night, them really go to Rudy and allow him to just dominate um, you know, when he was going against a weaker opponent. Now, when Yaka Pirtle was in the game, it wasn't as easy for him because Yaka Pirtle's a really good defender, but he could still score even with Pirtle on him. But when Drew Eubanks was in the game, Rudy was just absolutely dominating him. Um, so, yeah, I'm hoping that to see more of that from the Jazz as we get closer to the playoffs here. Um, so, speaking of Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell, I brought him up a bunch of times during this episode. So, the last update on Donovan Mitchell is that he's out at least one more week. And then we haven't really heard anything on Mike Conley yet. Um, but with him, it's, you know, it's just that aggravated hamstring that he's been dealing with for basically the last two years. And being this close to the playoffs, the 
Jazz are just going to, they're going to be very cautious with it. Even if, you know, he could play, they're going to make sure that everything is feeling good. He's loose. You know, if he is feeling tightness in that hamstring, they're just going to go, okay, we'll go to the next game. It's okay. We'll keep moving this back. Now, they don't have a ton of time before the playoffs. They have, I believe, seven games left. But because of the play-in games, they have those seven games left, and then they have like a week off. So what I think would be the preferred way to go about this is to bring Mike and Donovan back with like two or three games left, let them get a little bit of time on the court, you know, get their wind back, get their legs underneath them again, um, start to form that chemistry again with the with the team, and then let them have that week off to really fully re- rehabilitate and be ready for the playoffs. Um, you know, I, I, I keep going back to this, but this is the year that the Jazz need to make a push. You know they've got they've got the talent, they've got the defense, um, and they've got their guys in an age range where now's the time to make a push. You know Joe Ingles is 33, Mike Conley's 33, um, Boyan Bogdanovich is 31, and Mike Conley is a free agent after this season. Like it is. With this group, it is time to make that push because if they have another just really disappointing uh, postseason this year, you know, maybe the front office decides, okay, you know what, we've got Donovan and Rudy locked up for the next five years. Maybe it's time to try something different around those two guys. You know, so maybe they let Mike Conley go or they work out a sign-in trade of some sort and move Boyan Bogdanovich for more of a traditional power forward that'll defend better, but is definitely not going to be the the shooter that Boyan is. Um, you know they they've got this opportunity right now to really make this big push, and you know if they if they end up winning a championship, which I know there's there's small odds for that, but there's small odds for any team to win a championship. You know, I I think Ryan Smith and the whole Jazz organization at that point will pay Mike Conley whatever the heck he wants to stick around and retire with the Jazz and keep the whole team together, even if it's not successful. Just, you know, as a... as a reward, basically, for, you know, bringing the Jazz our first championship. Um, but, yeah, we'll, you know, as we get closer to the playoffs here, we'll, and get into the playoffs, we'll be talking more about this, about the Jazz's chance against whoever they're going up against. Um, currently, the Jazz have the number one seed in the West, um, but really, they keep flop flipping back and forth with the Suns. The Suns own the tiebreaker. The reason the Jazz are in the lead right now is because they've played one more game than the Suns. They're 47 and 18, I believe, and the Suns are 46 and 18. So 
So if the Suns win tonight, they'll be back in first place. Um, but there's really not much chance of the Nuggets or the Clippers catching them for either the one or the two seed. Um, currently, if the Jazz are the number one seed, it's looking like the Grizzlies are probably going to be the eight seed. Um, the Portland Trailblazers are the seven, I believe, right now. Um, and again, there's a play-in game. Um, but against the Grizzlies, you know, the Jazz have played that played them three times this year. They played them in a really weird order where they played them twice, I think, in Utah. Played, I think, the Thunder or maybe somewhere down in Texas and then went up and played the Grizzlies again in Memphis. I think that's how it all went. And the Jazz beat them three times. Um, I think two of them were blowouts. One was a really close game. But full strength. It would be a good series, but I think the Jazz definitely have the advantage there. The Jazz, the uh, Grizzlies do have Jaron Jackson Jr. back, which he gives them, you know, floor spacing. He gives them more size. Um, it allows them to move a guy like Kyle Anderson, who's <clears throat> had a really good year, to the bench. You know, and they're a deep team, so they're it wouldn't be a gimme, but the Jazz would definitely have the advantage in that matchup um, if. If it's the Blazers that they ended up playing, um, you know, those those guards, uh, Lillard and McCollum, are really hard for the Jazz to handle. But, you know, the Jazz would definitely have the advantage with Rudy versus both Nurkic and Enes Kanter. And then the forward situation, I the Jazz definitely have the advantage there. Um... But again, like I said, we'll get more talking about this more as we get closer to that time. Um, but as for this episode, I'm going to go ahead and end this one here. Thank you all so much for listening, and go Jazz!